Many of you have asked for it, and so I spent some of my paternity leave creating it, an introductory Stoicism course. The best part? I've launched it using Gumroad's pay-what-you-want model. So if you want to pay $0, you can get the course for free. That's right, free. Learn more and enroll in the course by going to understandingstoicism.com. That's understandingstoicism.com. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakaptan. Hope you're doing well. Thanks to everyone who attended our last Stoicism workshop. It was on sex and sexuality from the Stoic perspective, and we all had a great and rather entertaining time. Our monthly workshop schedule can be found at actualstoicism.com. Check it out if that seems interesting to you. Today we are covering Meditation 9 from Book 5, which reads as follows. Don't be disgusted. Don't give up. Don't be impatient if you do not carry out entirely conduct based in every detail upon right principles. But after a fall, return again, and rejoice if most of your actions are worthier of human character. Love that to which you go back. And don't return to philosophy as to a schoolmaster, but as a man with sore eyes to the sponge and solve, as another to a poultice, another to a fomentation. For so you will show that to obey reason is no great matter, but rather you will find rest in it. Remember, too, that philosophy wills nothing else than the will of your own nature whereas you were willing some other thing not in accord with nature. For what is sweeter than this accord? Does not pleasure overcome us just by sweetness? Well, see whether magnanimity, freedom, simplicity, consideration for others, holiness as well, are not sweeter. For what is sweeter than wisdom itself when you bear in mind the unbroken current in all things of the faculty of understanding and knowledge. Is not the sweetness of a fruit, for example, enough of a reason for someone to crave the fruit? Does it always matter if the fruit is good for us? A peach, for example, tastes delicious, but a peach is more than just delicious. 
it is also nutritious. But if we get peaches in our diet, maybe it doesn't matter if we're actively pursuing them for their nutritional value or their sweetness. We crave our favorite foods for reasons completely detached from their nutritional value. And if we can be that allured by food, why not something even sweeter than food? Why not by virtue? It's a poetic thought, but perhaps a bit too poetic. Peaches are sweet in a literal sense, and virtue has a sugar content of zero grams per thousand kilograms. Virtue also isn't obviously sweet, because when you get a taste of something approaching virtue, you don't taste virtue, you taste the mere trappings of it, and the trappings of virtue are not particularly sweet. If they were, virtue would be easy to pursue and easy to attain, but of course it's not. So, sure, in theory, I agree with Marcus. Nothing is sweeter than virtue, and there exists no better version of ourselves than the virtuous version. But in order for us to realize this, we have to progress a certain distance along the prokoptonic path, such that we get to the odd burst of sweetness and think, oh, wait a minute, this is actually pretty good. If I pair these two things together, or season it this way, or chew it on this side of my mouth. Almost like how we hate math until we start to see the bigger picture and begin to comprehend the things we're calculating. Once that happens, perhaps the sweetness contained in that moment becomes enough to propel us ever constantly down the path towards the attainment of sweet, tasty virtue. But at first, no, that's not going to happen. At first, things approaching virtue taste like leather shoestrings dipped in bog water. It's approaching virtue to do the right thing, for example, but doing the right thing won't feel very enjoyable when it's your first time prioritizing the right thing over any other number of wrong things that might bring more immediate and short-term pleasure. We would all rather eat ice cream than a salad, but we're not going to realize the benefits of eating salad instead of ice cream every day until we start seeing the long-term effects of such a decision. Only then will we joyfully chase the later stages of healthy eating. So in the early days of our journey as a Prokopton, we need something a bit more compelling to kick us off the path we're on as a non-Kopton, which is what I'm now calling people who aren't Prokoptons or sages, and on to the path towards sagehood. What might that more compelling thing be? I would say an awareness that there's a better version of us which we can attain through effort. I don't know that we can control having such a thought or such a realization, but before one can work towards sagehood or even just improvement, one must acknowledge that there's something better worth working towards. That is to say, one must recognize first that there's something lacking in what or how they are presently. I'll use myself as an example. I have ADHD. Most of you know this by now. I've talked about it pretty openly on the show and in our Discord community. And before I was diagnosed, I didn't know that there was something better I could work towards on the front of how one's brain works. Then in 2021, and again, I've told this story before, but I'm telling it again for anybody who's a new listener. I consulted a few psychiatrists and was diagnosed with adult ADHD. The first time I took medication for that condition, I became aware of what was possible, 
And that changed almost everything about how I looked at my life and my future. It was a fundamental shift in how I thought about myself and my potential as a human being. But the journey since then has not been completely smooth. Different medications, working to develop better habits, failing all the time to meet my own expectations, which as an ADHD person are typically higher than what are reasonable and in general, failing all the time to solve myself. Throughout all that, however, I have had in my head that vision of an improvable me. And the sweetness of that vision and the taste I've had of it along the way, here and there, keeps me focused on realizing more of it in real life. What Marcus is talking about mainly in this meditation is failure. He's talking about what you should do to yourself, how you should regard yourself when you inevitably fail to get it perfect, or even on days where you fail to get it fractionally semi-correct. You shouldn't return to the philosophy of Stoicism as you would to a schoolmaster, prepared for a lecture and a public shaming. You shouldn't return begrudgingly to it either like how you might take back a spouse or partner that violated your trust or hurt your feelings. Instead, you should return to the effort as you return to a shower at the end of the day. Work was hard, but life is lovely. And taking that shower will help you to remember that even though you must work sometimes, you're happy to be alive and living. The shower resets you in this way reminds you what is great about life and gives you a little bit of space and a moment to reflect on just how great it is to be alive. Then, the next day, you go out and do your work again, but find it less vexing or taxing until your next shower. Philosophy, in our case Stoicism, is like that. It's going to send you out there into the world in the morning to do things, and it's going to receive you once you've returned from doing those things. Then, in the receiving of you, it is going to recharge your batteries and encourage you to keep up the effort tomorrow because work might be hard, but living is worth working, isn't it? Today, I want you to think about all the ways in which you fail to be stoic throughout the day. Then I want you to return to stoicism and use it to wash away the sting of those failures, allowing you to refresh yourself to do the same thing tomorrow. Good luck, and until next time, take care.